It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day of the week. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to follow the show on Spotify, rate, review, and subscribe also on Apple. You can also check us out on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday throughout the season... I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. I'm sure you have plenty of questions as the Carolina Panthers have dropped their third straight game this Sunday, losing at home 34-28 to against the Minnesota Vikings, even though for the second straight week, watching from home and looking at Twitter and all the folks who went to the game, it did not seem like it was another home game for the Carolina Panthers. A disappointing loss, no doubt. And the offense... We'll get into it. I will say this first and foremost. Before getting in to my thoughts and surely some criticisms of this team and why they've now dropped three straight games, I give them a ton of credit for going out there and competing to the very last whistle to be able to get this game when they were down, when it looked like there was no chance. Down 28-17. I don't think very many people were very confident after watching this offense for the first 53 minutes of this game and their ability to go down the field and to send this game into overtime. So at the very least, from what we watched last year with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm of this roster as the quarterback, and what we've seen this year, at least that's an upgrade. We'll start right there off the top of the show with a positive. I tweeted out, all right, Sam Darnold, he's here. The He's got 96 yards with about two minutes left to go. I mean, one timeout, two-minute warning. This is why he's here, right? 
I have people who tweeted out, haha, not going to happen. We saw what happened last week. Okay. I've been critical of the guy. We all know that. I'm not a Sam Darnold believer. After today, I'm still not a believer at all. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to have to find a better quarterback if they want to have the Lombardi Trophy and parade down Trade Street or wherever they're going to parade here in Uptown Charlotte. I don't think he's the answer, but I give that guy and I give the offense credit for at least making it a game and giving the Panthers an opportunity on Sunday to win the game after being absolutely brutal for the first 53 minutes of the game. In overtime, coin flip, you know the rules in the NFL, whoever gets the ball first, they score a touchdown, game over, and we've seen that plenty of times where it's happened and your team doesn't touch the ball and you lose. Will the Panthers, have they, would they got the ball, would they have won? I don't know. I know they were on a roll those last two drives. I still don't have very much confidence in this offense, which there lies in the problem for the Carolina Panthers. When they brought over Sam Darnold, traded for him the second, fourth, and sixth round pick back in April, the thought of bringing Sam Darnold was going to bring this offense over the top. Last year with Teddy Bridgewater, for all of his flaws, for his inability to get this team down the field to tie or win the game in the final minutes of the game, which is the first time today in Matt Rule's tenure that the quarterback has successfully, or not even the quarterback, but the offense has successfully gone down the field with under two minutes left to play and scored a touchdown to either tie or win the game. So now the Carolina Panthers are one for nine or one for 10 in those situations in Matt Rule's two-year stint here in Carolina. So bravo, round of applause for them doing that. That being said, bringing in Sam Darnold was supposed to elevate this offense and give them an opportunity to reach the heights that we all want to see here in Carolina. David Tepper, the owner in the booth, who we saw on the broadcast on Fox, did not look very pleased throughout most of the game, especially in the first half when they first showed him as the Carolina Panthers went down at half for the first time this season, 12 to 10. An absolute brutal performance and display in the first half by the offense and throughout pretty much the entirety of the game until those final two drives where they subsequently were able to put the game into overtime and unfortunately a defense that spent the vast majority of the day on the field against a good Vikings offense was worn down and nearly gave up 600 yards. So maybe you can say, hey, you can't give up 600 yards, but also the offense can't no-show throughout the entirety of the game until the final drives of the game, which almost washed away a poor outing, but it didn't, okay? The, Par- the Carolina Panthers offense, for the most part, is a complete mess. Sam Darnold, he's not great. He's not elevating this offense. I don't think he's an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater, at least what we've seen through the first six weeks of the season. I didn't believe he would be. I wasn't even quite sure he was better than Teddy Bridgewater. But the last three weeks haven't been great for Sam Darnold. And there's plenty of reasons why, whether it's him, his confidence, his lack of actually being a franchise quarterback in the NFL, which I don't believe he is one right now. He certainly at times can show you that he's capable. But when things aren't perfect for him, it's very hard for him to have success. And Christian McCaffrey being on this offense would certainly help Sam Darnold. Like, I think it would have helped Teddy Bridgewater last year. But right now, Christian McCaffrey's not here. Hasn't been there for the last two and a half games after getting injured in that first half against the Houston Texans on Thursday Night Football. He's not around. So we can't sit here and keep saying Christian McCaffrey, he's not there. That's going to hop the offense. That's why they're struggling. They've got to figure it out. The offensive line, once again, not very good. They weren't great again today. I don't think they were completely terrible. They gave up four sacks, though. That doesn't work. Darnold said, I got to get rid of the ball faster. Also, yes, but also the offensive line, the interior, once again, has to be better. 
But at this point in time, as I said to y'all, it is what it is. I don't see how they're going to be able to fix it without giving up a serious asset and likely a player, considering they don't have a bunch of draft capital to give up coming going into next draft and even starting 2023, where they've already given up a six-round pick to bring Stephon Gilmore, who should be active next week when he head on the road to face off against the one and five New York Giants. That all that, Darnold. Not great. I'm not quite a believer right now. Offensive line, not great. McCaffrey, not there. Today, also, the wide receivers that had the issue in training camp, we had heard about Matt Rule when he was saying, hey, Sam's at least my issues. We got a lot of drops going on right now as they're up in Spartanburg and up in Indianapolis and they're having joint practices with the Ravens. Those drops showed up today. Robbie Anderson, last week, the emotion he showed on the sideline following that interception, the third one of the day for Sam Darnold that led to the game being over against the Philadelphia Eagles, and he was yelling at Frisman Jackson, the wide receiver coach. We found out later in the week on Monday that Matt Rule said that Robbie was upset because he felt like they should have tried to double move, whether that was going to be a feasible thing to do considering the state of the offensive line or not. We don't know, but Robbie Anderson was upset, and fine, he had a, a good point that he made. Joe Brady said as much when he spoke to the media on Wednesday um, or Thursday, whenever it was, that Robbie's got a high IQ. He's right. When Robbie spoke to the media, he offered you know his criticism and everything that went on with that. But to go out there and to play like he played today with all the drops was garbage, man. That's just unacceptable how he played. DJ Moore, last two weeks, they've doubled him. They've had Darius Slay, Patrick Peterson, who've done fantastic jobs on him. Pretty much a no-show. He has a couple drops. He has a fumble that leads to a touchdown. Not great for the Carolina Panthers. You can't turn the ball over three times and expect to win. You can't have a quarterback who throws an interception on the very first play of the game and start throwing the football away and expect to win. You can't have an offensive line that can't handle interior pressure and expect to win. You can't have the drops and expect to win. Currently, and Matt Rule has said this, the Carolina Panthers on offense have no identity. And it all goes back to Christian McCaffrey, right? We all talk about Christian all the time. This offense should not go into absolute disarray just because Christian McCaffrey's not on the field. Over the past two seasons, since Matt Rule's come and Joe Brady's been the OC, McCaffrey has barely been out on the field. So maybe things would look different. I don't disagree at all. But the fact that things haven't looked better than this, especially in a second year without McCaffrey, makes me wonder, is it the quarterback? Is it only his fault? Is it only the offensive line being terrible for what the ninth straight year here in Carolina? Or is it the OC, Joe Brady, who gets all of this talk about being a head coach? Ed Ogeron, no longer the head coach there at LSU after the season. There's going to be talk about Joe Brady should go back to LSU. I personally don't think that's going to happen. We can have a big, a longer conversation about this down the road. I don't think he wants to be a college coach. There's a reason why he left. But still, Joe Brady, I don't want to hear any college coaching talk about him. I don't hear any NFL coaching talk about him because as soon as John Gruden was out in Las Vegas, first thing I see, hey, Joe Brady would be a great option. His name's going to come up. He's going to get interviews. And I've said throughout the entirety of the offseason that I believe that he's going to get a head coaching job because the NFL does not necessarily care whether you actually are a genius. Once you have that kind of reputation, they're ready to hire you. So Joe Brady who had that fantastic season as the passing game coordinator at LSU. You look at the talent out there, and I think coaches get way too much credit a lot of times and way too much of the blame. Players make plays. The players he had on that roster are what led to LSU in a national championship, as we've seen how things have gone since he's since those players have left, and of course he's left. And so far in the NFL, I haven't seen anything that makes me believe that Joe Brady is a great offensive mind, let alone should be a leader of men and a leader of one of the 32 NFL franchises. 
it doesn't I don't see it. I don't see it. So Sam Darnold wasn't great today, but I give the man credit for going down there, 96 yards, just a bit a little bit over two minutes down and getting them into the end zone. When Robbie had a drop, when DJ had drops, and he still found a way, both a great throw down the middle to Ian Thomas on that fourth down in his own end zone, the late fourth down, the 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 the, um, the fade route on the left side to DJ Moore, and then throwing the touchdown to Robbie Anderson. So when those guys who had tough days, namely Robbie, struggled, and even Darnold, they still were able to put it together and get down the field and force overtime. So I give them credit for that. But that does not excuse everything we saw through the first 53 minutes of the game on Sunday. The Carolina Panthers offense has a ton of issues, and it's hard to feel confident about them moving forward if they aren't going to be able to address this. McCaffrey's not going to be there next week. He's not going to be there against Atlanta, and maybe there's an outside chance he plays against New England. I don't know why he wasn't on IR in the first place. This is something I said a couple weeks ago. If they think it's going to be potentially a three-week thing, why not just sit him down instead of parading him there against the uh, with the press and him obviously being upset and being asked all the questions that he can't even answer. It's like, what do you think it is? I think it's Thursday night football. Well, how do you prevent this? I don't know, guys. It's a muscle injury. I'm obviously not trying to get hurt. I'm not trying to deal with this again after having to sit here and listen to how my longevity and my being able to actually be able to play my availability all last season and then the contract situation that we're all going to talk about. And the contract situation we need to talk about is the one of Robbie Anderson in the Bush League thing he did on Sunday by not showing up and talking to the media. So we'll get into more of the offense and their struggles and not the, the very bad, not good, whatever day that Robbie Anderson had and this entire unit had and just continue to ask questions about how in the world do we get this thing fixed? Because once again, third quarter, no show, but overall a terrible offensive performance for the Carolina Panthers until the final two drives. Credit for them to at least get it to overtime, but you left your hang, your defense out to dry for the third week, well, at least the second week in a row. I can't say that about Dallas, but the second week in a row. And it's just unacceptable. You keep hearing about execution. We didn't execute, didn't execute, but no, we finally executed. Just so tired of it. The same thing every single week. We're watching the same football game with the Carolina Panthers. And at what point does this staff get it right? At what point do these players execute? Or do they not? And we sit here and have another... 5-11, and 6-10 and 10 season, and we continue to ask questions and get hyped up throughout the offseason thinking that, hey, maybe things can be different here in Carolina. I don't know, but right now, certainly feels that way. So Panthers, again, lose 34-28 at home, sort of, to the Minnesota Vikings. More on the offense and their struggles here on the other side. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required contents vary by package this is david harrison of the locked on commanders podcast and this episode is brought to you by discover looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Carolina Panthers offense, as we have seen, has some serious issues. Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in the National Football League, when healthy, currently is not healthy. He was placed on IR on Saturday, something that seemed to have been something that Carolina Panthers should have done a couple weeks ago, but they didn't. The doctors came to Matt Rule, who said he didn't have a setback this week. Well, apparently it was a setback, because if it wasn't, then why is he on IR now, and why wasn't he on IR before? But Christian McCaffrey was not available on Sunday in the 34-28 overtime loss to the Minnesota Vikings and will not be available for the next two games as the Carolina Panthers go on the road to MetLife Stadium, a sort of a homecoming for Sam Darnold playing back in MetLife and in New York, or technically New Jersey in the Meadowlands next week against the New York Giants, who are awful, a 1-5 football team and a game the Carolina Panthers absolutely have to win. We'll get into more of what they have to do moving forward as this team has lost three games in a row and then they go on the road to against the Atlanta Falcons, a divisional opponent, a team that's not good, but also a place the Carolina Panthers historically have struggled at, as we all know, when it comes to the the rival down I-85 South. But looking at some numbers for the Carolina Panthers offense today, just just brutal. Overall, Sam Darnold, 17-41, 207 yards, one touchdown, one interception, sack four times at a QBR 34.1, a passer rating of 55.6. At one point early in the game, he had a passer rating of like zero after about nine or so throws. Just not not winning football. And he said that they weren't executing. That's very true. Chuba Hubbard, 16 carries, 61 yards, was pretty much a non-factor. Also someone who had a really tough time being able to catch the football, which is one of the hangups of Chuba Hubbard. DJ Moore, five receptions, 73 yards, had a couple drops, targeted 13 times. Ian Thomas, one reception, 41 yards, but one of the biggest plays of the game. Zilstra, three for thir- three receptions, 32 yards, all that. Shai Smith finally got a jersey, two receptions, 20 yards. Also had, I believe, a rushing attempt at some point in the game. No, he didn't. Um, Terrace Marshall gets knocked out of the game. Alex Erickson also gets knocked out of the game. Both of those guys with concussions. Something to monitor this next coming week as the primary returner, obviously, is Alex Erickson. Terrace Marshall is someone that you would love to get more opportunities. If Robbie Anderson, a man who was targeted 11 times, only had three receptions, 11 yards, and, of course, the tying touchdown, or the touchdown led to the tying two-point conversion that sent the game into overtime. Just not great winning football for the Carolina Panthers throughout the game. And of course, it's not winning football because Carolina Panthers are on losing and once again of the game, only two for 12 on third down, did convert twice on fourth down. And that's all really credit to Sam Darnold. I don't give credit to anybody else on that drive other than him and Ian Thomas, especially Darnold's legs. And I give him credit for that. Like, you know, I'm hard on the guy, but I credit when credit's due for him to be able to show that kind of grit and to get this team down the field. It's not all his fault. Obviously, he didn't have a great day, but he didn't get much help at all. Hasn't gotten help from the offensive line. That's very true. Hasn't gotten help today from his receivers. That's very true. You can build in those excuses while also recognizing that Sam Darnold might not be the answer long-term for the Carolina Panthers, especially the play they had early on in the game. But like 10 drops is just unacceptable. And a lot of those, like if you, I wonder what his day looks like and where the Carolina Panthers are if they don't have those drops. Now you also have the interceptions. The interceptions start the game. You have the fumble when he gets sacked. You got to hold on to the football there. You have DJ Moore who converts and then he fumbles. And you also you have the points and times in the game where the Panthers are up against the worst 
defense going into the final two minutes of the first half in the Minnesota Vikings and just completely bungle an opportunity to go down the field and to at least get a, a field goal before the half, just calling a timeout because they're not lined up right. Then coming out of the timeout and then you call, try to call another timeout, you can't do that, which then leads to a delay of game penalty. It's just awful, awful football by the Carolina Panthers in that situation, taking him out of field goal range and denying him an opportunity to go up potentially before the half against the Minnesota Vikings. It's just things that got to get cleaned up. And we hear the same things week in and week out. Of, we got to execute. We got to clean this up and that up. And even in wins, it's just the same story. And they just haven't done it. So at what point, I ask, is this going to happen? And I put I, I put on APB following the 3-0 start. In the winning at season Texans, we were all fired up, excited to be 3-0, and we can look at it now, and I've been asked this question when I go on TV locally on WCNC with Nick Carboni on every Sunday after Sunday Night Football, and he had asked me, you know, are the Carolina Panthers frauds, and how real was that 3-0 start, and man, hell, it's the NFL, 3-0 is 3-0, I don't really care who they played, but obviously, they're not as good as a football team as we thought they might be, especially at halftime against the Dallas Cowboys, who are a good football team, when... You do the same things. When you come out in the third quarter, I saw it was Bill Voth who put this out there, and I got to find it um, as I'm, I'm looking at this right now. Bill Voth saying that the Carolina Panthers offense has only seven total points in the third quarter through six games. Just that, that That's not that's not going to work. It's not You cannot do that constantly and expect to have a better outcome. And Matt Rule, through 22 games so far of his tenure, has no idea how to fix it. His offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, has no idea to fix it. And then once again, you can't blame the defense either because last week when they got back-to-back turnovers and back-to-back plays and the offense did nothing with it, they took matters in their own hands. Special teams this time, but still defensively on special teams, especially when it comes to um, punt, block, punt, return. A lot of those guys are first are defensive guys. Um, and to go out there and to get that block punt, Frankie Louvu, who has been more than just a guy who we thought would just be a core special teamer. He's actually been a very good a very good player for the Panthers dating back to the preseason. Gets the punt block. Kenny Robinson, who was activated, he goes up there and he get, returns it for a touchdown. I'm going to give that credit to the defense. So the defense continuously, the first touchdown the Carolina Panthers scored, that was a fumble, a peanut punch there by A.J. Bouye, who was a guy who I think has been really good for the Panthers so far this season. I know the unit gave up a ton of yards. You can't give up close to 600 yards, but when you're out on the field pretty much all day and you're going up against a good defense, or sorry, good offense, Kirk Cousins, who's been cooking so far, and Thielen had a fantastic game, really nothing from Jeff- Justin Jefferson. K.J. Osborne, a player who I talked about last week who's really looked good so far this season, he gets the walk-off touchdown there. It's hard to be out there that, that long. And they're just not going to be a good team against the run. When they actually, I think, were fairly stout. Jalvin Cook's just a good player. They're going to have a tough time against the run when they're out there that long and they're going up against teams that want to be physical. And they had no sacks today. No sacks. So that, that's just not that's not good enough. You, Brian Burns has the opportunity there late in the game on that, that drive where Kirk Cousins was. They got down the field and Greg Joseph missed the field goal. And Vikings have basically played the, six, the same game for six weeks straight so far to start off the season. But you got it. Brian Burns has missed so many of those in his career. I don't want to dog the guy. I love him. I think he's going to be a fantastic player, but he should have way more sacks throughout his career. Because he sometimes like that, he goes for the strip sack instead of just a sack, which could potentially, you know, in the game, even doesn't matter, or at least put him in a position to win the game. He's got to stop missing those. But really, what I need to say here, let me just get this off my chest. Robbie Anderson, who just, I'm deleting it, sorry, but Robbie Anderson, who gets signed to an extension going into this season. 
and I thought was fantastic last year, led the team in receptions, had a career year, thought with Sam Darnold back, they'd have a great connection that he could be someone who could help this offense for the years to come. He may well very he may very well do that still. I'm not saying to Robbie Anderson, get rid of him, it's not going to work. But that extension looks terrible right now, the way that he's played through the first six weeks of the season. Whether it's, you know, he's being asked to run different routes or the quarterback's not distributing the ball like he like the quarterback last year did. I don't know what it is. But for Robbie Anderson, the drops today were inexcusable. He hasn't helped out his quarterback. And even last week against the Eagles, on that third down, not a great throw. He didn't help his quarterback. There was one where it was a little bit behind him today. Didn't help with his quarterback. He has to help with his quarterback. He's also a professional. And professionals need to go up there at the podium and answer questions when they have a rough day, particularly when, whether right or wrong, they were one of the big storylines throughout the week because of their sideline tirade or temper tantrum, however you want to describe it. And then to question the play calling and Joe Brady and to not show up and talk to the media on Sunday after a loss is so Bush League, man. Like DJ Moore didn't have the best day of his career. Didn't. He had the drops. He had the fumble. But he went out there, made a big play when they needed him to. And he went up there and he answered questions. Might not have given us very much, but he went up there and talked to the media, faced the media. Rob Anderson through a Panther spokesperson, this is according to Joe Person of The Athletic, said, I don't want to talk to the media today. I'll talk to him tomorrow. And that's one of the, the downsides of not being able to have locker room access. And I know some of y'all are out there like, oh, what do the media need to have locker room access for? But you're probably the same person right now who's like, oh, that's so lame. Like, Rob Anderson's not going to talk to the media. This is why the media needs the access. So in instances like this, when Robbie Anderson has a poor Sunday after it being a topic all week and after questioning play calling and all the decision making within the organization and the offensive struggles, someone who's had struggles throughout the season, he needs to stand up there and answer questions. Just like Cam Newton, who I love, need to go up there and answer questions to the Super Bowl. Not the same level, of course. I understand the emotions that go from after ending a game, and I'm certain you can probably question whether they really should be talking to the media after a game or not, because they usually say, I got to look at the film, and Mondays probably make way more sense to actually get an in-depth answer as to what happens. But right now, the way things go, they have Sunday availability. And for Robbie Anderson to not show up there and answer questions is so Bush League. I'm not going to say the guy's dogging it, but right now, I personally wish the Carolina Panthers were only paying this guy $8 million this year, which was not fully guaranteed going into the season. He had signed that two-year $20 million deal back in the offseason of 2020. Had a great year last year. Made $12 million guaranteed. That was enough for Scout Fitter and Matt Rule and this organization to say, let's keep him around. But right now, I think the Carolina Panthers also got to be thinking, man, it would be really nice if we didn't have to pay this guy any money after this year. But instead, they do. They got him tied up for the next couple seasons and... That is a looking like a very bad deal for the Carolina Panthers right now as Robbie Anderson has been a no-show, and when he's been on the field, he's been dropping footballs, and he has not helped this team win football games so far this season, and it does not help when he's out there calling out the play caller. It's just, it's a bad look, man. It's a bad look. I think he can turn around still. I'm not going to give up on him. Like I'm saying, like Sam Darnold, he's got to be better, but he can still turn it around. There's still 11 weeks left in the season, but there's a ton of issues on offense, and Robbie Anderson is certainly one of them. So I know there's going to be plenty of frustration. Three straight losses. I had that rant on Friday during the mailbag before it, talking about how I get Panther fans that want to show up to the game. And I saw again on Sunday a bunch of visiting fans. I don't know where these people are coming from. only knew one person who's a Vikings fan that lives here that was going to the game on Sunday. So I don't know where all these people were coming from. They can't all live here. There's just no way that Charlotte is that transient of a city where you have that many people who are from Philadelphia and from Minneapolis to be able to put – 
that many fans in the stands. I don't know if there's more Viking fans and Panther fans on Sunday. I don't know. And I see that apparently on Monday, the Panthers, not the Panthers, but the Charlotte City Council is going to have some sort of public hearing about the Charlotte Pipe and Foundry location, which has been, uh, I guess, rumored. It's not even a secret, but to be the next location for a Panther stadium. And I certainly, as a taxpayer, live in Charlotte and Mecklenburg County, have no interest in paying for a stadium that, I mean, obviously with a billionaire, one of the, the richest owner in the league or whatever he is, I don't want to pay for a stadium first and foremost because he's the richest, he's a billionaire, but also I don't want to pay for a stadium that fans are going to show up to. And I get, there's that's not my, I don't need to figure out why fans are showing up. The winning, the product on the field ain't great right now. I get it. I understand the cost to go. It's not great. There's plenty of reasons and factors. And if I was a fan, I personally wouldn't want to go to games because it's more It's more fun to watch at home. It's cheaper to watch at home. And I don't want to go through the whole hassle. And I just don't, I don't know. There's, there's plenty of it. We can get into the discussion. So we can talk all about that. But the game, I understand a lot of folks right now are probably thinking season's over. It's not. There's still 11 weeks in the season. Take a quick pause. Talk about what's still left after the Carolina Panthers as they hope to be able to right the ship with 11 weeks to go and after losing three straight, two straight again at home, an inexplicable loss last week to Philadelphia and then a loss today against Minnesota Vikings, a heartbreaker in overtime. I don't know if this is going to help you guys or not, but Built Bar, as I keep telling you, is the best tasting protein bar ever and they have nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor like this week's flavor, Cookie Dough Chunk, which I had a couple weeks ago and I think is fantastic and you guys should definitely check it out. They also have the other flavors, Coconut, Coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone at a Built Bar. And if you can't figure out which flavor you want to try, you can always get a mix box, which you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. That's 18 Built Bars in one box. Not only are Built Bar flavors best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So go over to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field for yet another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. But online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. But online, where the game starts. The crowd at Sunday might not be very indicative of this. But the Carolina Panthers do have a passionate fan base. They do. They might not always show out and show up to the games, and that can be frustrating for a lot of fans. I understand it. I'm not going to sit here and tell someone who's a PSL holder how they should use their tickets, whether they should go or sell the game, sell the tickets to Panther fans or opposing fans. We don't live in a perfect world, obviously. I'm not going to sit here and criticize and tell them what they should and should not do with their their hard-earned paid hard-earned money and what they want to do with that. I understand the frustration behind it. I get all of it. The Panther fan base, they're passionate. And we I talked to y'all on Friday and told you, I get it. You're frustrated. Just show up to the game. Enjoy it. Think about more than what happens through the 60 minutes or I guess today, the extra minutes that we had in overtime. It's not great right now. The vibes are not very good in Charlotte. The Carolina Panthers are 3-3 three and three after a 3-0 and start. One that can be attributed, obviously, to the rookie quarterbacks that they played 
and to getting the Saints at a perfect time and the injuries that they had and the COVID outbreak. You can also attribute it to Sam Darnold playing well and to having Christian McCaffrey available and just how great the defense was. The last couple of weeks have been about the offensive line being terrible, Darnold regressing and not being able to handle the pressure and also turn the football over constantly. And especially today about drops by the wide receivers and Sam Darnold getting next to no help from either of those units on Sunday afternoon, while also not helping out himself and the team by turning the football over twice. It hasn't been good. And I understand I'm not going to fault anyone who wants to just pack it in. I get it. But guys, there's 11 weeks left in the season. The next two weeks are extremely winnable football games. And I know we sat here two weeks ago. We looked at it at the time. You had five straight weeks against one and three football teams starting off the Philadelphia Eagles, who are a brutal football team and who the Panthers obviously should have beat. And against the Vikings of those teams of those five, I felt this is a game the Carolina Panthers absolutely could lose and the game. I expected them to lose as we had the conversation throughout the week. And I did the crossover pod of Luke Braun of locked on Vikings. Then looking at next week, the Giants, they're, they suck. They, they're terrible. They're one in five. You got to beat the Giants. And then after that, the Falcons on the road, I get it. Historically, we don't win down there. They're not a good football team. You got to beat the Falcons and then come back against New England. I don't know what to make them in New England. They played hard against Tampa. I, I'm watching the Dallas game right now. They're up 14-10 in the third quarter. <laughs> that might be a game you lose. But either way, that was an opportunity for the Carolina Panthers to stack up some wins as they head into the second half of the season where you get Arizona, who's undefeated currently, look like they're going to beat the Cleveland Browns to go to 6-0. You got Tampa twice in the final three weeks. You got New Orleans on the road in a situation where I'm sure they're going to be a lot better football team than the one you saw week two. You got Buffalo on the road and likely a Saturday night football game where it's going to be frigid up in the temperatures, and they just went on the road last Sunday and beat the Chiefs. Like Things are going to get a lot tougher from here. So that's why it was so important for the Carolina Panthers to come home after... A disappointing loss to Dallas, but a loss that you can't really be that too, too upset about considering how good the Cowboys are. But a loss after that to get to 4-1, and one, potentially 4-2, and 5-1, and one, whatever it was going to be. But instead, they look at themselves and they're 3-3. Three and three. So there's plenty of time to figure things out. Next two weeks, it's not a must-win. Must-wins only if you'd lose, your season's over. But they are pretty much must-wins. They got to have these next two games coming up. If they get the next two games, you come back against New England, you still have a great chance to get to 6-3 and three going into the second half of the season. And Miami, who just lost to the Jags in London at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, they're not very good either. That's one of the surprises of the season, a team that won 10 games a year ago, and you thought that maybe two was going to take a next step and that that might be a team that might be a playoff team. The Panthers got an opportunity. They still got the Falcons on the schedule, so it's not time to pack things in. They are definitely a very middle-of-the-road average football team. Let's not get that twisted. Matt Rule said going into the week that he'd find out a lot about what his team was going to be moving forward with this game. And it was a very important game for the Carolina Panthers, and unfortunately, they lose. And you look at the whole wild card picture, and I, I still believe, I'm, I'm not getting off of this, I still believe the Carolina Panthers come December will be right there in the thick of the wild card race. I still believe it. I look at this team. Defensively, they're good enough to do it, despite what they gave up today. Offensively, what they've looked like, having the confusion and what their identity is, I still feel like they can put it together and find a way to drag themselves to being in the middle of the standings there for the wild card late in the season. Seattle, we'll see what they look like the next couple of weeks about Russell Wilson, but they're going to have trouble staying in it, especially in that division where the Rams are 5-1, and one, the Cardinals look like they're going to be 6-0, and oh, and in San Francisco, I don't know really what to make of San Francisco, but they're going to be a team that'll be right there in the thick of things. But like Arizona's going to the playoffs. Tampa's going to the playoffs. Green Bay's going to the playoffs. Dallas is going to the playoffs. Their division's terrible. The Rams are going to the playoffs. Those five teams, without a doubt, are going to the playoffs. 
The teams the Carolina Panthers are currently fighting for two spots with are the New Orleans Saints, who are they beat, and they're going to play again. Minnesota Vikings, who unfortunately lost to today. Chicago Bears, who I don't really think much about of Chicago. The Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. So that's one, the Saints, Vikings, Bears throwing the Panthers. So that's six teams fighting for two spots. They get a chance to play again, the Saints again. The, the Losing the Vikings hurts in terms of just tiebreaker-wise. But you're telling me the Carolina Panthers can't find a way to be in the top two of those six teams for the next 11 weeks of the season. Like, it doesn't feel good right now, but it's not time to pack it in and quit. Those guys certainly, they can't. Sam Darnold, he has an opportunity still to find a way to prove that he can be the right guy, but I can't imagine the guy and David Tepper sitting in that booth who we saw in the first half of the game is excited about him at all and thinks he's going to be the right the answer. And the toughest part about it is, and you hope this is not going to be the case, they owe him $18.8 million. He might not be their starter next year. So we'll see what happens moving forward. The Panthers have an opportunity. Next two weeks, you got to have these games. If they want to have any sort of chance in December or being in a wild card race and somehow find a way to get to the playoffs, even though I still think this is an 8-9 football team, we'll see. But they got to win next week, and then they got to win the week after against Atlanta if they want to have any shot of that because the last part of that schedule is way too tough for the Carolina Panthers to have given up the two games they gave up this past these last two weeks. Now, the Vikings inexplicably let the Carolina Panthers back in the game on Sunday. Um, and then the Eagles, just the Carolina Panthers, inexplicably let them back in the game. And Philadelphia, it's capitalized. So Carolina, unfortunately, didn't get the coin toss to go their way to get an opportunity to win that game in overtime. The vibes aren't good. Salesman, who's one of the biggest Panther fans out there on Twitter, is saying F the Panthers. He's also saying F Charlotte because of the amount of fans that were in that stands. I'm going to let my man. He's going to take a deep breath. He's going to get over it. I'm sure he'll be back there come week, uh, whatever it is, in New against New England. But this, this is tough. It certainly is. Not time to give up. Not time to pack things in. I, we that's such a microwave society. We, we got to react to so all these things. We the vibes haven't been good the last three weeks. We win next week. Get that one back, and I think we're going to start feeling a little bit better about this football team. Even though there's still going to be probably season long issues, but are not issues that not every other team in the league has. Like there's the top of upper echelon of the league. Carolina Panthers aren't in that. They're in this middle pack of the league. That's us an opportunity to be right there in the thick of things. Come to, to come December. But they got to get better play from the quarterback. The wide receivers got to catch the football. And I, other than that, I don't know what else you can ask. All right, so that's it. Panthers lose 34-28 at home in overtime. Minnesota Vikings. Again, this is Locked On Panthers, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Your host is always, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to... Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where you can get all your updates for the Carolina Panthers. You can also follow me because every single Friday here on the show, I need your questions for our weekly Friday mailbag. So go ahead and send those. And now already getting some of those questions at Julian Council. But first, follow me on Twitter on Julian Council. You can also DM me at Julian Council. So go ahead and do that on Twitter. Again, frustrating loss. That's okay. The day after press conference, going to have those on Monday. Have your day after reactions on Tuesday. So. Stay tuned here on Locked on Panthers all week as we break down the game and look ahead to the road game coming up against the New York Giants. Again, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you all on Tuesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.